What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. I am glad to be back in the groove. It's just going to be me today. We're going to be talking about the rookies. We're 10 weeks into the season. I think that's a pretty good barometer to look at now where we can say, all right, How do we want to look at these rookies now compared to how we looked at them before the season started? What have we noticed? What are some trends? What are some things that have changed? And I think it's just going to be a good discussion. Obviously, we're going to start at the quarterback position. That's the most important position in all of sports, not just football. And I still think the number one rookie quarterback for fantasy purposes to own is Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, let's look at his weapons. He's got DJ Chark. He's got Marvin Jones. He's got LaVisca Chenault. Next year, he's got Travis Etienne. He'll still have James Robinson, who he has now. He's got some good weapons to work with, and you have to think that Urban Meyer is going to build that offensive line in the offseason, whether it's through free agency when they have money to spend or whether it's through the draft. So I'm looking at Jacksonville. I'm looking at Trevor Lawrence. And I only see room to improve, room to grow. He hasn't used his legs as much as I think he will end up using them. I do think he's going to get more and more proficient in the rushing category, which is great for fantasy. Plus, as he gets better, learns the system, Urban Meyer is also getting his feet wet, just like Trevor Lawrence, in the NFL. So it's not just an improvement of Trevor Lawrence, but it's also an improvement of Urban Meyer and his coaching ability, his offensive scheme, all of that stuff. So Trevor Lawrence is still my number one guy because he's got the weapons, he's got the skill, he has rushing ability, hopefully it becomes more and more evident, and also the Jaguars, they have a really bad defense, his pass volume will be high, and Urban Meyer doesn't really hold Trevor back too much right now, so I'm assuming once Trevor gets better and better and better, he will he will let Trevor go and let Trevor throw the ball a lot. So lots of opportunities for Trevor Lawrence and fantasy points. At quarterback two, I have Justin Fields. Now remember, we are talking about fantasy football. And what is the Konami code quarterback? It's the one that runs the ball. Justin Fields has been running the ball a lot recently. Now, for some reason, Matt Nagy was holding him back, even though Justin Fields in the preseason was sustaining drives and making good offensive drives and scoring touchdowns and good plays in general because of his legs, his ability to keep plays alive, his ability to change from a third and six to a first down because he ran it. And then all of a sudden the regular season starts and Matt Nagy's not letting him do what he does best and that's run. Actually, that's not what he does best because he's a pinpoint accurate quarterback too. But one of the things that he does best. Finally, the past few weeks, Justin Fields has started to run. Oh, who would have known? The Bears offense is starting to look a little bit better. And if this continues, Justin Fields has that rushing floor and that rushing upside. So I like that a lot. Justin Fields is really going to challenge Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion. But 
The big difference is the weapons. Like I said, for Trevor Lawrence, he had DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones, and some good running backs. Fields has the running backs. Khalil Herbert has shown to be really good, and he still has David Montgomery there. But Allen Robinson's probably going to be gone. So it's just going to be Darnell Mooney. That's pretty much, and you could count Cole Komet, but I don't really know how much we're going to count Cole Komet because is he a young talent at tight end? Yeah, possibly. Could he develop into something? Could he blossom? Possibly. Maybe he doesn't. So we're not completely sure what with Cole Komet and what he's going to be. So pretty much you're looking at Darnell Mooney right now, and he's a very good wide receiver too. I don't think he's a wide receiver one in the NFL. Maybe he will prove me wrong. Maybe he will become that, but I don't think that that's going to be nearly enough for Fields. So, and also the coaching, I know that Urban Meyer doesn't look great and he's made a lot of mistakes already, but Matt Nagy hasn't looked great either. So I think Urban Meyer is probably an edge above Matt Nagy coaching-wise for Trevor Lawrence. So that's why Trevor is at one for me, Justin Fields at two. It's the lack of weapons and the slightly worse coaching. Then we've got Trey Lance at three. Now, how can I rank somebody like Trey Lance who hasn't played in front of somebody like Mac Jones has been really good because we're talking about fantasy. Jalen Hurts, let's think about Jalen Hurts, right? He was heavily, heavily discounted because, oh, Jalen Hurts, he's not a good passer. Well, he's been great so far in fantasy. He's a top five fantasy quarterback. He will be probably somebody very common on fantasy championship rosters because of his schedule in the playoffs. He's been very, very good. I think he's had 20 points or more in 7 of his 10 or 7 of his 11 games so far in fantasy this year. So he's been a stud. And that's easily what Trey Lance can be. Trey Lance is going to run just as much as as Jalen Hurts. Maybe a, a, a tick less. But he's got a bigger arm. It's more life. He's got better weapons to work with. A better offensive mind behind his offense in Kyle Shanahan. So you've got to love Trey Lance moving forward. And it hasn't happened yet. The change has not happened yet. But if the 49ers lose a couple more games and they figure out that they're out of it and they're not going to make the playoffs because we're getting to that point in the NFL where teams know if they're going to make the playoffs or not. Once the 49ers realize they're not going to, if that is the case, which is what I would suspect, they're probably going to play Trey Lance. And once they play Trey Lance, you guys will see what I'm talking about. He's going to start running. He's going to he's gonna look good. I'm sure he will. And if he doesn't as a passer, then that makes him a great buy low because he will get better. So Trey Lance is my quarterback three. Then we've got Mac Jones. Mac Jones is my quarterback four. So pretty much my ranking is the exact same as it was preseason other than dropping Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was four for me and Mac Jones was five. I flipped him. Why? Because Zach Wilson hasn't looked that great. Mac Jones has looked a lot better, especially the last few weeks. He's gaining confidence. He's completing a lot of his passes percentage-wise. The last two weeks, he's had 84% of his passes get completed. But, you know, I would have said, eh, that's not really that great because he was barely throwing past the line of scrimmage. The past few weeks, he has been throwing deeper downfield. His A dot is going up. His average depth of target or average depth of pass or whatever that's going up for Mac Jones so with him getting better Bill Belichick always having a great scheme looks like he's doing well with the weapons that New England has right now which let's face it they've got a lot of depth they don't have any studs if he gets a stud or two that's going to be sick for Mac Jones the problem is that Mac Jones does not run the ball so we talked about weapons right or weapons rushing 
pass volume, and skill. Those are the four things I like to talk about. Mac Jones, in, gar- in regards to weapons, he doesn't have a stud yet. In regards to pass volume, Bill Belichick is not going to let him let it rip if he doesn't need to. He's going to focus on the run game and defense. So for somebody that doesn't run the ball, that's the third thing, rushing. For somebody that does not run the ball like Mac Jones, he has to be able to pass the ball a whole bunch, like what Brady's been doing in Tampa and and what what Brady did in New England. That's not the case right now. Now, that could become the case for Mac Jones, but that's betting on a lot. Brady was possibly the greatest quarterback of all time. I would say he's the GOAT. I think most people would say he's the GOAT. So you, you can't just bet on Mac Jones to become that because he's in the same place with the same coach and he's a similar play style. You can't really just put all those things and, you know, say, okay, Mac Jones is going to be the next Tom Brady. That's pretty ridiculous. So with that said, Mac Jones, he doesn't have the rushing. He doesn't have immense arm talent or anything like that. So that's why he's four for me. I think he's really good. He's He might be one of the better quarterbacks in this list for their team, but he's not going to be super, super good for fantasy. So he's number four for me. And that leaves Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is at five now. I dropped him under Mac Jones because, one, how both of them have looked so far, but also because Zach Wilson doesn't really run that much. If he ran more, maybe it's more of a a contest between him and Mac Jones, but he hasn't been running much. So I'll take the one who's looked better, has a better coaching staff, and right now has better weapons. So that's why Zach Wilson is quarterback five for me. So that's the quarterbacks. That's the rankings for me. I don't think that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are super far apart from each other. I do think there's a tier break after that because Trey Lance hasn't played yet, hasn't proved it, but he could easily jump into that tier once he does. And then Mac Jones and Zach Wilson are in the tier below. Now let's talk about running backs. Number one is Najee Harris. He's got huge rushing opportunity. He is able to just absolutely dominate the carries. That's how Pittsburgh has always been. That's how they will continue to be, I'm sure under Mike Tomlin. So he's got the rushing opportunity, A+. Receiving work, A+. Or at least an A. He gets plenty of targets, plenty of whatever he needs to to score fantasy points. He's been doing it in a horrible situation. You look at the situation. Big Ben, Armish shot. Offensive line has lost a bunch of pieces and is not really that good anymore. And he doesn't have any, like, open boxes. He, he's dealing with when defenses play the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're worried about Najee Harris because Big Ben's not going to beat him over the top. So if Pittsburgh, and I don't think they will, but if they're able to figure out and grab a quarterback that's really good for them, and I don't think they will because they're not bad enough to draft high enough for a quarterback. I don't see them trading up for a quarterback. Plus, next year's quarterback class is not super crazy. So that's part of the reason I don't think they would trade up in the first place. So crazy in a good way, I mean. So with that said, Najee Harris' situation is probably not going to get much better, but it doesn't matter because he gets a whole bunch of volume in rushing. He's getting the targets, and he's got the skill. So he's got three of the four things, the fourth thing being the situation. He's got three of the four things in his favor. Najee Harris is a beast. Love him. Javonta Williams is my RB2 at this point for the rookie running backs. He is one of the leaders in the NFL in yards after contact and forced missed tackles. Javante Williams is playing very well. He is very much so the better 
North Carolina back between him and Michael Carter. I had this debate with so many people, so many people. And um, I think Javante is proving that he is the better one and he should have been drafted earlier as he was. So I like Javante Williams a lot. He will get receiving work. Melvin Gordon's going to be gone after this year, I'm sure. So it's just, it's looking good all around. He's got the talent. He's got the skill. He will have the rushing opportunity. Denver always has a good defense. They like to run the ball. They never go super pass happy. So everything's looking pretty good for Javonta Williams. I think Najee and Javonta could both be top 12 backs next year and moving forward. Assuming that Melvin Gordon doesn't sign like a one-year contract or something, which I doubt in Denver. Then we've got Travis Etienne at three. So I had to choose between Travis Etienne and Michael Carter. Pretty tough. Michael Carter has been pretty good. Now, I won't argue with you if you put him at running back three among these rookies, but I'm going to just keep Travis Etienne there because he's only going to have to deal with James Robinson for one year. After one year with James Robinson, Travis Etienne will be all alone. He's got the speed. He's got the juice. He's a good receiving running back, so he's going to get the targets, and he's on a team that probably will be throwing a good amount because their defense has a lot of work to be done. So Travis Etienne will consistently probably be getting receiving work so he'll have a safe floor in fantasy so you're gonna have to deal with you know just like Javante Williams owners have dealt with Melvin Gordon this year the Travis Etienne owners are gonna have to deal with James Robinson next year but after that it's smooth sailing and I think he's way more skilled than Michael Carter so that's why I have Travis Etienne above him but I get if you want Michael Carter above him so let's talk about him Carter he's getting receiving work but right now it's super inflated because the quarterback that they have now, Mike White, he likes to check down to running backs. He throws like half of his passes, it seems like, to the running back position. That's not what Zach Wilson does. So when Zach Wilson, their franchise quarterback, does take over and he's fully healthy and he's good to go and all that stuff, Michael Carter's not going to be getting having games where he's getting double-digit targets. Also, look at the receiving core right now. Elijah Moore looking pretty good. And we will talk about the receivers after. But Corey Davis has been banged up. They've had Elijah Moore and an aging Jamison Crowder. They don't really have many weapons. They don't really have tight ends. So it makes sense that the running back position is going to get a lot of looks in the receiving game. And then even more so with with Mike White. I, I keep wanting to say Michael Carter. With Mike White. So once Zach Wilson takes over, you're going to see that reception and target total come down. For Carter and he's still going to be in a system where he's not dominating rushing volume so he doesn't have the rushing opportunity receiving work will be there but it won't be as good as it has been situations not great because the Jets don't really have a good offense and I don't think that's going to change very soon and Michael Carter's skills probably like a B in my opinion so he's all right but he's not on the level of Javante he's not on the level of Najee and I think Etienne's a step above him for fantasy purposes now, after that is where it gets more interesting. I think Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon are going to be next to each other. So Elijah Mitchell has clearly been the guy for the 49ers so far this season. But I look at that backfield and I wonder, man, Trey Sermon, he's been banged up, but they they picked him really high. I thought he looked pretty good in the preseason. When he gets touches, he does not look bad at all. And we know that they like to employ a RBBC, a running back by committee. So Elijah Mitchell... And Trey Sermon are probably the future running backs for the foreseeable future in San Fran. And if that's the case, they should just be right next to each other. Because I don't necessarily think Elijah Mitchell is going to be a clear 
number one over Sermon once they start involving Sermon. I don't know what the holdup is. The 49ers have been super weird all year with Trey Sermon and Brandon Ayuk. It's just been a, a weird situation, honestly. But I look at Trey Sermon. I believe in the talent. I believe he will hit the field and he will look good. So I have Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon right on top of each other in a run-heavy offense that always comes with high rushing efficiency. Then I have, at my last running back, Kenny Gainwell. You can throw in Ramon J. Stevenson if you want, but Kenny Gainwell, I have him there because Miles Sanders is closer to the end of his contract, and Kenny Gainwell is a very good receiving running back. They've shown that they do like him. I mean, he's in a pretty good running back room when Miles Sanders was healthy, and they were still choosing to use him from very early on. So that's good signs for Kenny Gainwell. So I like him a lot. And I would have him right behind Sermon and Mitchell. But for this year, obviously, you're going to want him over Trey Sermon. Elijah Mitchell possibly too because Mitchell's been pretty banged up. And he continues to be banged up. So that's the running backs. Now we'll talk about the wide receivers. Jamar Chase has completely killed. Completely killed. I'm willing to admit it. I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. My Tyler Boyd vibes. I've been hitting on Tyler Boyd for like the last three years. Every year he's underdrafted. This year he was appropriately drafted because he was drafted in like the eighth round. And that's about what he's been worth. So this is the first time that I've pushed Tyler Boyd onto you guys and it not paid off because Jamar Chase has been an absolute monster. Absolute monster. It is ridiculous. These LSU receivers, man, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, it makes sense why them with Joe Burrow in college was just unstoppable and the possibly best offense in college we've ever seen or at least in a while we've ever seen. So, and I know people will debate that offense versus the Mac Jones offense when Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle were healthy. Whatever. I think the LSU offense was better. But I, I see how both sides are both very good and how it's a debate. But I'll take the LSU offense. Anyways, Jamar Chase has been great. For wide receivers, I look, like to look at three things mainly. Who is their quarterback? What is their target opportunity? So that means their target share combined with the total pass volume of their offense, their offensive scheme or what their head coach prefers or offensive coordinator prefers, and their skill, their overall skill. Because at wide receiver, that's probably the most essential thing is skill. So, because unlike running back, running back, the most essential thing is opportunity. Wide receiver, the most essential thing is skill. And quarterback, the most essential thing is, I don't know, it, that that's like a good balance. That's a good balance between rushing ability pass volume, skill, weapons, situation. So that one's a tricky one. Quarterback is like the most dependent upon everybody. But for wide receivers, that's what we're looking for. Jamar Chase has the best quarterback among all the rookie wide receivers in terms of helping them be good for fantasy because Rashad Bateman does have Lamar, but Lamar doesn't throw that much. And Rondell Moore has Kyler, but Kyler doesn't throw as much as Burrow will be throwing most likely for their, you know, 10-year careers. And also, um, Kyler Murray is probably not as good of a passer as Joe Burrow. Now, he has a live arm. He could probably pull off some crazy stuff that Burrow can't. He definitely can pull off stuff that Burrow can't. But for consistency purposes and just any pass in any layer of the field, I'll take Burrow to throw that ball. So Jamar Chase is in a golden, golden quarterback situation. He's in a golden target opportunity spot because he's already dominating as a rookie. I thought after having T. Higgins for a year and Tyler Boyd for a year and Burrow doing really well with those guys, I didn't think that the year, the one year in college with Jamar Chase would trump that, but apparently it did. So Jamar Chase is an absolute stud. He's getting the targets and he's got the skill clearly. 
Then Devonta Smith is the wide receiver too for me. He doesn't have a great quarterback situation right now. He doesn't have a great target opportunity situation right now, but he has the skill. And over a long period of time, over Dynasty, which is pretty much what we're talking about today, over a long period of time, skill will win out. And that will be Devonta Smith. That's why he's my wide receiver too. He's open all the time. He's got great route running skills. He's pretty fast. As long as he stays healthy, doesn't get banged up, he will be very good for fantasy. What do I mean when I say the quarterback's not as good, target opportunity's not as good? Well, Jalen Hurts runs the ball a lot, doesn't throw the ball a lot. And when he does, it's not super accurate. And he spreads the ball around a decent amount. So Devonta Smith's not getting hyper-targeted. So because of that, that's why Devonta Smith is wide receiver two for me. Now, wide receiver three, I've got a good debate. Is it Jalen Waddle or is it Kadarius Toney? I'm putting Kadarius Toney at three. Now, that might seem super crazy because Waddle's been super consistent, really good over the course of time. And he's got a better quarterback. I think most people would agree with this. A better quarterback than Kadarius. And he's got less target competition than Kadarius. So why am I putting Kadarius at three? I think Kadarius Toney is one of the wide receivers that has superstar potential. You guys know I was super high on him, those that have been listening for a while. Before the draft, he was my wide receiver four in rankings in this rookie wide receiver class. Not before fantasy drafts, before the real NFL draft. I didn't really like the landing spot. If Kadarius landed in one of the places that these other rookies landed, man, ooh, that would have been so nice. But instead, he landed where a quarterback might not be the future that is starting right now in Daniel Jones. He's got Kenny Galladay there. He's got Sterling Shepard there. He's got Darius Slayton there. He's got Evan Ingram there. There's just so much going on that it's hard for him to really blossom. But we've already seen a game where, I mean, the dude was missing in training camp over the offseason. He was hurt and missing practices in the regular season. And a few games in, he puts up 189 receiving yards. That's ridiculous. And he looks... He just makes everyone look like so foolish when he makes them miss consistently. So he's an ankle snatcher, absolutely. He's a good route runner because of it, or he will at least become a very good route runner, but he gets open. He's good at getting open, even if he's not polished yet. So when he does get polished, his route running will be elite. So you got to look at it like that. You're looking for the upside, right? Could Jalen Waddle have huge upside? Yeah, but I don't think he has the upside that Kadarius has. I would not be surprised if Kadarius in New York is somewhat close to what Odell was in New York. I would not be surprised. It just depends on what happens with these other pieces in the offense at wide receiver and Saquon Barkley too, who's coming up to his contract as well, which is very important to keep an eye on. Then I've got Jalen Waddle at four, obviously. He's been super consistent. He's really good. He's got Tua, who he caught passes from in college. And Devontae Parker is not the wide receiver one there. It's Waddle. Will Fuller's always hurt. He only signed a one-year deal. Or he's suspended. So, really, Jalen Waddle's the go-to guy there. That's just how it is. And possibly they bring in another weapon. Possibly they try to get another quarterback. Who knows what Miami's going to do this offseason. I don't. And I don't really have a good idea of how to predict it yet. Because of all the rumors with Watson and Tua's like up and down. Sometimes he looks good. Sometimes he looks bad. Just a lot going on. So I don't really know the direction of the team. So it's hard to judge that. But Jalen Waddle has been great. I just, I like the upside of Kadarius. I really, I really like the upside of Kadarius. But you have to be more patient. Jalen Waddle will give you points now. That's for sure. And he'll probably be better next year. But over 
the course of five years, Kadarius might be better. Then we've got Elijah Moore. He's been super good in Reception Perception by Matt Harmon. He is one of the, the leaders in terms of success by route. Like, if you look at the chart, it's almost all green. He, he wins all over the place. And when Zach Wilson comes back and starts building that chemistry with Elijah Moore, he could be a beast. And he could be, he could be honestly, behind Jamar Chase next year. He could be the second best rookie wide receiver, or I guess sophomore wide receiver, next year. Because he's got a quarterback that will throw a decent amount. He's got a quarterback that's got an arm, is not going to pull target opportunity by running and he doesn't have too much competition it's going to be him and Corey Davis so it's looking pretty good for Elijah Moore then Rashad Bateman I have after that Rashad Bateman's high you probably don't think this is high but he's this high for me because of his skill his target opportunity is not great you've got Marquise Brown you've got Mark Andrews in an offense that is one of the lowest passing volume offenses in the NFL consistently every single year with Lamar Jackson which makes sense so do I look at Rashad Bateman and see upside? I don't. Now, he doesn't even have a floor, but I do see somebody who I think is a, a safe, consistent flex, and that's what he will be most of his career, I think. I just don't see him blossoming into an absolute beast unless he goes somewhere else or Lamar just stops running, which obviously that's not going to happen because running works for him, and he's an absolute stud at it. Then, lastly, I've got Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore will be my last receiver of these rookies. He is in a pretty crowded situation right now, but it seems like Hopkins is taking a little bit of a downturn. AJ Green is nothing much. Christian Kirk is rarely healthy all the time. So very quickly, this situation could flip around and Rondell Moore next year could be the wide receiver two behind Hopkins. And maybe the year after he's the wide receiver one. He's getting manufactured touches, which is always a good sign. It shows the coaching staff likes him, believes in him. The Arizona Cardinals have a great offense with Kyler Murray. It gives scoring opportunities, and I, I think he's going to have a pretty good career. You just do you trust Rondell Moore's health because he was never healthy in college after that one really good year he had when he was like 18, 18 years old, I think. Um, it was his freshman season, and yeah, so you know that's basically Rondell Moore. I wouldn't mind if you put him over Rashad Bateman, but that's pretty much where I would stop. I wouldn't put him above Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle, Kadarius Toney, any of those other guys. Those are my rookie wide receivers. All we have left is tight end. I don't think I need to say much. Kyle Pitts is the clear number one. Pat Fryermuth is the clear number two. And you can wrap it up right there. So I still like Trey McKitty as a sleeper and Brevin Jordan as a sleeper, guys that you want to hold on to and stash if you have the room for him. But, you know, it's not horrible if you don't. So that's basically the rookie class that's... My takeaways, that's how I feel about them right now, moving forward. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for coming back. I haven't even, I don't even post when I publish episodes. So everyone that's listening is subscribed or like in my DMs. And maybe I mentioned that a new episode is out finally. Whatever the case may be, thanks for listening. Drop some ratings, drop, drop some reviews. Helps keep me motivated, helps me keep pushing out content. And uh, have a good one, guys. Remember, hit me up with any questions you have. Gladly answer them. Thanks for listening to Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Good luck this week. Peace.